year, everybody. Uh, this is your host, Christopher Rennie, bringing you Land Grant Holy Instant Recap Podcast. Um, Justin Golba is joining me today. And he has the unfortunate pleasure of being my co-host after that gut-wrenching loss Ohio State had to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, final score, 42-41. Not a lot to say right off the top, just because this is it's and I I like we cover it from a little bit more impartial perspective than most fans who are going to be tuning into this. So I understand where you guys are at. How are you feeling, Justin? Yeah, I mean that's obviously a tough one. Um, I, I it's just one of those things where I think everybody played, you know. Every, at least everybody on the offense played really well, and unfortunately, just another play goes. You know, one one play goes here, there, different. Obviously, everybody will point to the the kick at the end, but you know, just any play goes goes one way here, there, different, and you know, it's a different ball game. But um, that's definitely a tough one to definitely gonna be a tough one to swallow. And uh, you know, I, I mean, they they played their hearts out, and that's you know something that you always look for. So. I think the people that were questioning their toughness and like their will to win, which is always weird anyway, questioning that. But I think those people got their answer. But um, unfortunately, Georgia just made one more play than Ohio State did today, tonight. Yeah, honestly, I'm looking at the scoring comparison. Uh, Five touchdowns, two field goals, both teams, and Ohio State ends up losing this by one point. So that really probably makes it sting a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, let's get into it a little bit. You want to? I, I kind of want to start with C.J. Stroud. Um, his legacy's kind of got a major blemish in his matchup against Michigan his last two years. But I, I honestly think this performance against Georgia should put you down. Any questions about his toughness? Any questions about his competitive fire? Any questions about? His ability to come up big in the big moment, like he drove his team down with 50 seconds left. That's all you could really ask for of a quarterback. Give you a shot to win. He carried the team once again. Cade Stover goes out early, a reliable security blanket, you know, on those checkdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr. comes out. The offense keeps moving enough to get into scoring situations. He ran the ball. He put his shoulders down. It just it was his most complete performance in his Ohio State career to me, and I think – this should leave a very favorable impression on a lot of fans. Yeah, this is why the concept of like, what have you won, doesn't really do it for me when you talk about legacies. Uh, because if your if your takeaway from that game was CJ Stroud could have done more, uh, you were looking. You're either an idiot or you were looking for a reason to. To, to shit all over CJ Stroud. So he played literally the best game he could have played. At one point, he had more touchdowns than incompletions against Georgia, who's going to be sending, what, yeah. six of those, six, seven of those starters to the NFL? Like, I mean, that's an NFL defense he played. And he, he lit them up. I think, I think he probably earned himself the number one pick in the draft, maybe just because Jalen Carter didn't have a great game. Um, maybe Bryce also, you know, it'd be, I'd be remiss if I had to say Bryce Young had an amazing game as well. So it'll be interesting to see who goes first out of those two. But um, yeah, I, it, I mean, CJ Stroud did, he literally did everything fans wanted him to do. He ran the ball. You're welcome. You know, he got that. He, he, he the, the finishing play was almost a run to put them in field goal position. So, you know, he, he did everything you could have asked for. 
he showed that he does in fact have that dog in him because again the people questioning that it's just kind of weird you don't know the man but um yeah he's he he played phenomenal there's nothing much you can say about his performance yeah absolutely i mean i i just think he's had some very harsh critics in his time um and i i just saw him like you know it's just hard you know he put everything on the line in that game everything you've wanted to see from him for four years like or not four years but the amount of time he's been in school like he said um i think that biggest point you said this is a but absolutely i mean cj stroud's competitive toughness was on full display you even saw draft scout saying like man he like really showing everything that's been questioned and i mean he the way he evaded pressure the way he was able to elude the Georgia pass rush that's gotten home and created so much pressure this year. You know, a lot of questions coming into this game were, how will C.J. Stroud handle the pressure of Georgia? And that's like one of the biggest questions I had on the game was, how was the offensive line who did a great job going to handle that? And they all did a phenomenal job. It, it really just, it's unfortunate because this is a game that legitimately came down to two or three plays that if they just turned the other way, Ohio State's playing in the national championship, and that's not on C.J. Stroud, I think. I don't really remember a crucial throw he really missed that wasn't either impacted by the defensive line or just wasn't one of those, if he makes his throw, he's like basically Patrick Mahomes. And we didn't. he didn't have any of those tonight, really, outside of that that were negative plays. So it's just – it's tough. It's a tough way to go out for him, but – I can personally say, as someone who's watched him, I know you're on the same page as me, you should not have any reason to not be incredibly proud about that effort from C.J. Stroud if you're an Ohio State fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even the Michigan, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, he's over to against Michigan. Well, it's not his fault the defense gave up 87 points in two games against Michigan. And again, defense gave up 42 points against Georgia. So you want to look at the three biggest games he's played against Michigan twice and then Georgia, they've given up. Uh, what's quick math? 129 points in three games. I mean, <laughs> that that's laughable. That's laughable. That's laughable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's flip over to that side of the ball. I think um, the biggest point I think we have to talk about is the secondary. Once again, situational football failing. That like kind of there. Uh, Lathan Ransom falling down on a very obvious passing situation where they're going to try to get deep. Um, you know that cover two where Tommy Eichenberg didn't get help over the top on that throw downfield you know there are just some very key moments of this game where it felt like the secondary had some lapses and against Georgia you can't make those mistakes it was similar to Michigan you can't have those blown coverage you can't spot teams unnecessary points or you're gonna keep them in games and that's kind of what happened and I think uh it's a question that Jim Knowles is gonna have to ask because I think during the broadcast they said it they said um, Knowles has had to make up for like lacks of talent compared to Ohio State before. And like this week during their meetings, he talked about how they were going to keep it simple, keep things in front of them, let the athletes be athletes. And it felt like the few times he wanted their athletes to be better than Georgia's athletes, they just didn't live up to that expectation. And that's where my problem starts with the secondary. Yeah. And I, you know, I think a lot of people are really going to be on Knowles about this. I do think. You probably, you know, I've, I've already seen people like you got to fire Knowles, right? I don't think you're gonna fire him after one year. Um, you know, you got to kind of 
have some time to get into your whatever you want to do situational defense scheme, you know schematically wise I know a lot of people wanted to see Sonny Styles in this game I was kind of on that trip too just as his physical is his kind of nature can bring it maybe slow down Brock Bowers but at the same time Bowers really wasn't the issue he wasn't the one that had a huge game I think he only had the three catches um, they were three yeah. kind of big catches but and you know Brock Bowers can go for a lot more so it's just those things where it's just the, the big plays just kill you. It kills all momentum. I mean, when you're up, it's just you're up 38 20. It was 38 24 when they gave up the big, or was it 38 27? Yeah, 38-27 when they gave up the last big play. And I know Lathan Ransom, Ransom slipped, but, it, you know, he's you just got to get your hips turned. It's just little things like that that this team just doesn't do. And they just – it feels like not only do they give up big plays, they give up big plays at such unopportune times. And it, it just kills the – and then, you know, your offense, they – they you, no matter what happens on the drive before, now they have to go back out and try to match everything you're doing and it, because the defense isn't – they're out there for 45 seconds and they gave up 80 yards. So it, it's just – it's a nightmare of a situation for an offense to try to combat. And, uh, I mean, uh, in the last two games, they made J.J. McCarthy and Stetson Bennett look like NFL players, and I'm not sure they are. So, Yeah, it's it's interesting because it felt like Stetson Bennett started the game on fire. You know, the secondary was struggling. Then they really locked in and played really good for what felt like two and a half quarters from like the beginning of the second quarter to right about the start of the fourth quarter. And it, it just really it just really kind of it, it wasn't like they played bad it wasn't like a collective bad game where i felt like against michigan there was a lot of like blown coverages there was like a few miscommunications it didn't feel like there was miscommunications it just felt like it was one individual just being a little off on their job or falling outside you know and that's the tough part because if you see like Brock Bowers go out, he breaks like four or five tackles, he beats you that way, and it's just talent being better than your talent, that's like a pill. It's harder to swallow, but when it's mistakes like this, Ohio State fans are going to be thinking about this all year because like that, like I said, that one play changes. Another play changes. This is a different football game for Ohio State, you know? Yeah, and I think it's another thing of like – I, the defense was, you know, was playing well in the second half. They held him to zero points in the third quarter. That was impressive. Cam Brown made some great plays. I haven't seen him make since like week four of last year. Denzel Burke was having a great game, and then, you know, they just allow that touchdown, and then you know, Lathan Ransom gets gets knocked down. It's just, it's like they can't just string it together for the four quarters or even the two quarters that is the second half because obviously the first half they struggled. So, you know, on that long run by McIntosh, you know, Ronnie Hickman just gets completely put in a blender it's like i, I mean i i hope he does well in the nfl i, I but i you know you're gonna see a lot better i think and i think kenny mcintosh is going to be an nfl player but you're gonna see a lot of really good running backs that are they all gonna do that to you you know i i don't there's a i think they have a lot of questions to be asked kind of to themselves yeah i agree with that 100 percent um when it comes to that, like the secondary, that's kind of the biggest question mark, I think, for this team going into next year. And like, it's it, that's going to be a tough one to answer. I think another group that needs to have some reflection would be the defensive line. I They had similar to the DBs. There was moments where they were great. They were making plays. Um, 
And at the end of the like game, you just couldn't get that pressure consistently. Larry Johnson was kind of going a little too far with all the rotations. You know, you had that free play that gave him like a free down there late in the game. So it, it's really just a question mark of like the consistency, the having your best players on the field in key situations, not really necessarily trusting too many guys in those key moments. And, you know, you want to have more guys you can trust in those key moments, but you really have to accept when you don't have them. And I think that's been something that's plagued Ohio State in big games when that second or third level of the defense alignment are in the games. And it's like, man, if this other team scores here, like this game could change like significantly. And it's tough when you see the guys not like JT Tuomale, not like Zach Harris, and not like Jack Sawyer on the field, and this offense is driving down the field. That makes it hard. Yeah, and, and the tackling has just been so suspect as well. I mean, I, I told my dad when we were watching this, like, it feels like no matter what they do, I'm not comfortable with a tackle until he is literally on the ground because there's times where they'll have a guy wrapped up and all of a sudden he, he's got six yards and I'm, and I just don't, I don't understand, you know, I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. what's happening. So, and those are such big plays. Like I said, when a game come, it, when a game is 42 to 41 as a final, you can look at it as, as Ryan day said before the game, he harped on this. You can look at every single play and point out, where the mistakes, where a mistake was made, to where you lost the game, and that's just, you know, I I don't think you can really look at the offense and say any plays were made where they lost the game. You know, the play calling got a little bit suspect in the fourth quarter. I, you know, I don't think any play caller is perfect at all times. I know people are gonna look at that run on second down uh, that lost a yard, but you know, if 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 he catches them off guard, you get 10 yards there. He's a genius. You know, it's one of those things. So I don't really have any quarrels with the play calling with day, with the offense. You gave a 42 points. You deserve to lose that. That's my motto. If you give up over 40 points, it's on the defense. I don't care what the offense does there. It's on the defense. And that's what happened. Yeah. I know someone's going to pull this stat because Ohio state's basically like invincible when they score over 35 and they're like 300 and like 80 something. And, Two now it's going to be three losses when they score over 35 points and that to me is an absurd stat and it goes to your mantra like if you give up 35 points you deserve to lose even if you score that much like you put it in the you put it in the hands of a college kicker and that's not to like bash on Noah Ruggles I know plenty of people are going to be doing that yeah um it, it just you can't come down to that and that comes with a defensive stop here a defensive stop there and at the end of the day, they just did not get those stops. Um, uh, to talk a little positive on the defense, so I felt like Steel Chambers, I felt like Tommy Eichenberg had really solid games. Yeah, I think great um, games overall by the linebackers, I would say. Yeah, like it didn't feel like the running backs were really getting through that. And like this is also kind of a questionable thing about early in the game. I know the defense of Justin did a great job. Uh, defending the run in the second half. But early in that game, it, it felt like if Ohio State missed the tackle at the line of scrimmage, it was going to be a 35-40 yard gain. And that was a little alarming on just the way they were aligning and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like you look back at the first drive, you know, Stetson Bennett pulls that ball from McIntosh. And it looks like if he handed it to him, and it was still the right read, but it looks like if he handed it to him, he probably would have scored. So, you know, they kind of got lucky a little bit. And you have to be lucky to win some games. That's just how it is. But um, 
yeah, I, it's, I, I thought the, the D line played pretty well, especially in the first half. I mean, you're going up against Georgia's offensive line is very good. They were able to put some pressure on Stetson Bennett, make him make a couple shaky throws, and that's how they got the pick. And, you know, almost a second pick by Cam Brown. So, you know, they did enough to, I think, maybe make him uncomfortable. But the second half, they just, or in the fourth quarter, they just, they, they just didn't, they made, didn't, didn't, did not make him as uncomfortable as he needed to be. Yeah, for sure. The pass rush fell off a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I think we could spend some time talking about the run game, but I really just don't think that was part of the game plan. I really think Ohio State was just using that to keep Georgia honest and really just trying to set up the play action, trying to get Georgia's eyes in the backfield a little bit to give some space behind those linebackers. So I don't think it was ever really part of the game plan to try to establish the run, but I do think the effort was there. I think it's respected. I don't think there was a point in time in the game where I felt like Ryan Day was scared to run the football, which going up against Georgia, that's a huge, uh, big question mark, you know, and he was not scared to give CJ Stroud the ball in key moments. And, I think his play calling was great. Um, so, yeah, I think I just wanted to kind of get your feelings on where you stand with Ryan Day as the play caller. Uh, this was his best effort, I think, uh, since Clemson, however many years ago. Yeah, this game had a very similar feel to that Clemson game, just especially with Ohio State kind of jumping out ahead and then just continuing to counter punch. Um, I've never you – know, I've, I've always – maybe I'm just – I don't know. Maybe I'm an optimistic person. I don't think Ryan Day should be fired. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if – I don't know. I, apparently, it's a hot take at this point. Um, I do I do think if you can go out and get a play caller like a Garrett Riley or somebody on that upper echelon, then you go do that. But if not, I, I'm, I'm okay with Ryan Day sticking with the play calling. I think he showed today that he could – that, you know, he can kind of – he could be that play caller of the of, for them. I think sometimes it's just inconsistent. I think sometimes he gets a little conservative, and I'd wish like he just let CJ Stroud air the ball out because that's he's he's a fantastic quarterback. I think the Michigan game was very weird in a lot of ways. I think they got a little bit conservative because they didn't want to make that one mistake that could end the game, and the, so they just ended up making like three or four of them. It's kind of you know people if you play to if you play to not lose you're always going to lose and I think that's how they played sometimes today they played to win I mean the offense I had no issues with like I said Egbuka had 100 yards Harrison had 100 yards I mean it's hard to even look at this game in the same light with I know people are going to say oh it's excuses as I try to say on bucketheads all the time there's reasons and there's excuses it, with Harrison leaving this game. It changes the entire dynamic of your offense. And it changes absolutely. It changes any way that Georgia's defense can play you, and it just takes a playmaker out of the game that I can't even explain his importance. And I know nobody listening to this is going to be shocked by that. They know how good he is and and what he brings to the team and what he opens up for Egbuka. Now with him off the field, now Egbuka is taking all that attention and Fleming. He's good, but he's just he's not quite on that level yet of Ibuka. And then also, you don't have Kate Stover, you don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba, you really don't have anybody but Fleming and Ibuka. So it just changes the entire dynamic of that team, and um, that's where I think when you look, if you look at the fourth quarter, if there was a couple of shaky play calls, it's just because Ohio State was into a bag that they didn't think they'd probably ever have to be in, with three of their top five pass catchers not available, their two starting running backs not playing, like. Mine Williams, I don't know if he was hurt. I don't, I don't remember them saying anything, but he didn't play after the first quarter. Jaron Henderson obviously didn't play at all. Like, 
I, it's hard to even overstate how many injuries that is. That's like if you're counting CJ Stroud, you're, you're talking about four of your top eight playmakers and skill players not in the game in the last drive. Of the, so I don't know what else you can really do at that point. You're just trying to kind of find gold anywhere you can. And they still did because CJ Stroud ran for a 30 yard run. You know, they made things happen still. And like I said, it's hard to, I mean, I know Noah Ruggles. I'm sure he wants that kick back. He clearly just tried to overkick it. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's kind of like if you're yeah, very much if, like if you, golf swing. I was like, just if you ever played golf and you, you got you're in between a four and a five iron, you're like, oh, I'll hit the fi- I'll hit the five iron and just I'll kill a five iron, and you just shank the shit out of it because you tried to overhit it. That's exactly what he did, and um, I feel bad for him because I know he's like a he's like a diehard Buckeye, and you know people are gonna shit on him for this because people love shitting on people for everything. Um, it should never have came down to a kick by Noah Ruggles. That's just the fact of the matter. They should have probably won this game by two touchdowns if the defense would have done anything. So uh, yeah. it's it's just it's hard to it, – I mean, it's just one of those things where it's definitely going to leave a bad taste in people's mouth for a long time. But um, I had really no issues with the offense or Ryan Day. I don't, I don't think you have to call like some perfect game to be a play caller. You know, it's like – you know, there's are there a couple calls he'd want back? I'm sure there are. He took a couple of risks. I love the fake punt. It's just Georgia snuffed it out a little bit and got, got the timeout in. I would love to see the timing on when they called the timeout to when it was credited because that's always shaky. But nevertheless, um, I, I you know I thought they took the the right amount of risks, the right amount of safe plays. It's just again, like I said, Georgia just made one more play than they did, unfortunately. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, you're 100 percent on it, and I think at, at like the end of the day, I, I, I we keep saying that it's like, I mean, the season's over. This is the end of the day. Like that's what we're getting into right now. Uh, I, I think the point you brought up about just missing those key players, like it, it's one thing to lose. Like dude, we were talking Jackson Smith and Jig, but like, yes, those guys were, you know, out the whole season. It's still a key aspect you need to take when we, you evaluate the whole season as you go off into the offseason. Ohio State was missing a lot of guys. To have Marvin Harrison Jr., who was having an absolutely incredible game, was always in the right place when Ohio State needed a big catch. To lose his ability to just have that just instinctual nature on a big play basis, like you can't really replace that. And you know, Ibuka's like talented, Julian Fleming's talented, but there's just a little bit more to Marvin Harrison Jr.'s game. He was very confident going up against Keely Ringo. Uh, and to be honest, I, I think like fans hate this. Fans hate this conversation. But look at the amount of players Ohio State is going to get back this year or next year. I, I guess it's this year now. It's going to be insane. And I think Ohio State – didn't necessarily – I hope this game proves something to the rest of the country that Ohio State should ever be taken lightly. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, this proved it to themselves that they are still capable of playing in these games and winning these types of football games. And that's huge. That's huge on the way out with all the guys coming back. 
Yeah, and, I, and like you said, I mean, it's I, I tweeted this during the game. Marvin Harrison Jr. is an NFL receiver who's just trapped in college, and it's kind of funny. Uh, as a fan, it's great. I'm going to get to see Marvin Harrison Jr. play more football next year. He doesn't need to be in college in any shape, way, or form. He'd be a probably a top five pick next year, but um, still, he's going to come back. And Ibuka and Fleming are both back, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, so, Fleming is draft eligible, but I will. I well, say I would, yeah. to assume. I would have to assume he'd come back just to get a full year. And then you have, you know, obviously with the guys like Brandon Innes coming in, Henderson will be back healthy. You know, whether it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown or even somebody else, those all those guys seem to have the seem to have just have a, you know a, a great amount of talent. So um, it'd be interesting to see if it's McCord strictly off the Harrison connection. For people that don't know, they were high school teammates and their roommates. But um, it'll be interesting to see that. But yeah, I mean, the defense just has to get fixed. There's no excuse why Ohio State's defense should be this bad. I guess you could argue maybe same on the Georgia side because Georgia did give up 41 points, but. Um, I do think yeah, Ohio I State's. Like- I do think Ohio State's offense is incredibly is, is better than Georgia's offense. So I think that's you know you could look at that. Yeah, and also Georgia in, the, in their defense also- they had a couple. They had a couple injuries on defense as well, including yeah. Um, and it felt like Ohio yeah, State had earned it a little more against Georgia yeah. defense, whereas it felt like once again Ohio State's defense it wasn't necessarily uh, players being bad. It was those lapses just in technique and fundamentals that really yeah. turned this game apart. Well, and a good way of looking at it is, is you could argue Stetson Bennett struggled a lot of the game and CJ Stroud maybe had his best game as a Buckeye, maybe second to the Rose Bowl last year, and Stetson Bennett won the game. So that I mean, that's, that kind of says it all right there. So uh, obviously the, the lack of run game hurt. I, I do think it would have been nice to have, um, you know, some I mean some type of run game but I don't really think it was like you said I don't really think it was ever in the cards I think their game plan was we're going to put the ball in the hands of our best player and let him go win us the game and he he damn near almost did it yeah I, I mean it's he did everything he could um yeah, I mean, do you, we usually do favorite moments. Um, it's hard in a game like this to come up with a favorite moment, but that 35-yard run from Stroud definitely, or 27-yard run from Stroud is definitely one of those moments where it's very rare in sports where it feels like everything slows down when you're looking at it. But, you know, all the questions, all of those moments where, you know, people questioned his desire, his will to win, he's – a very laid back, very introspective young guy, you know, and his emotions don't always translate to what he's expressing. And to see him run like that, to see the fire on his face after he got the first down, to see like that moment, that cathartic moment of him just like literally just giving it to the doubters and like saying like, I'm here, like, this is me. This has been me the whole time. You guys just couldn't see it. That was just an incredible moment to like really take in. And it just sucks. It was not enough. Yeah. He said it before the game. He's been counted out before. He's going to be counted out again. Um, you know, I, and I, I was talking about this with, with, with someone during the game. It was like, when you've been through what he's been through in his life, it's easy to go out there and, and just look at football as a game. You know what I mean? It's not life or death because he's been through things in life that are bigger than the game. He has a different perspective than a lot of people that are 21 years old because of what he's been through in his life. And I think, you know, it makes it easier to just kind of be out there and just be free, you know, and just just go out there. And it's kind of like Damian Lillard. One of my favorite quotes is from Damian Lillard after he signed his contract and um, his big contract. And somebody asked him, like, do you feel more pressure now? He was like, I don't feel any pressure. I'm playing basketball. 
he was like, pressure is like a single mom trying to make ends meet. Pressure is like a first responder, you know, saving lives every day. Like I'm playing basketball. It's a game. You know, it's obviously important. There's obviously huge importance to it, but like there's, there's pressure and then there's, there's, there's levels to that, you know? And I think you see that with CJ Stroud as introspective as he is, as stoic as he can be. And I know that rubs some people the wrong way. I, I know he personally doesn't care just because it's who he is because of kind of how he lived his childhood and what he went through with his dad. I think he just, that's just who he is. And he just, he understands that there's like, he has a different perspective, if that makes sense. And it's, I think you kind of see it out there with, with the way he plays personally. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, this is like one of those plays where it, it I, I haven't really seen this like fire, like in his eyes since that moment on at, Elite 11 when he was in high school and Trent Dilfer's yelling at him on that like two minute drill they do and he's just dropping every perfect throw in there you kind of saw it last year with Utah you know um, and it just took me back to those like moments you know following him as a recruit following him to this moment and I just I feel awful because his legacy is probably not going to be what it deserves to be and yeah, I know. That's just kind of like everything I felt while he was in that moment running the football. It was like it was really just seeing everything, the culmination of everything in his career coming down to one play. Yeah. And, um, you know, I definitely wish, you know, he would have a chance at, um, you know, a chance at a championship because I think I think it would be really fun to watch him against TCU secondary. I think TCU, they have great players on that secondary. Um you know, so it would have been really fun to watch. But at the end of the day, I think, like you said, he, he did everything he could in this game. Uh, the defense didn't make enough plays. Unfortunately, your kicker apparently does not have 50-yard leg. And, um, you know, I think the coaches do. I think you probably put blame everywhere but C.J. Stroud, if you if you want to be really honest. Absolutely. Um yeah, I'm not sure. You've got any other things you kind of want um, to get in before we go out? I know we usually have an injury section. It's really like not as important with no game next. Um, hopefully all the players are healthy, ready to go by spring um, for their sake. And, you know, the questions churn. Like instead of preparing to break down another game, it's the offseason now. We've got a long way to go until Ohio State plays football again. So, uh, last thoughts, man. Like, let's get him out there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very weird year. Like I said, I think we might be the only fan base ever that was like going through prep, like preparing for a college football playoff while also trying to fire a head coach. Um, and and I mean, you know, there's, I do think there's there's merit to what some people have said. I don't think I think some people have overreacted. Of course, I think the John Cooper stuff is way blown out of proportion. John Cooper was. Two and eleven, or one and eleven against Michigan. Um, Friday's one and two. That's those aren't the same numbers, but nevertheless, um, you know it's just. I, I know Ohio State has high standards, and you know I don't think the defense necessarily reached those this year. I think at times it looked better. I think you could also argue that anytime they played a really good offense, it didn't look better. So, you know, I, they got some great defenders coming in. I'm excited to see what they might do. I, I really hope you know guys like Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks play more of a factor next year and um you know there's a lot of young talent on the team i do think someone like zach harrison i wish i could see a little more of i think he got a kind of a little bit of a bad rap from the fan base just because you know he he was kind of supposed to be the next like chase young which doesn't really feel like a fair moniker to put on anybody i think he had a pretty good career in general 
But, you know, nevertheless, we'll see what some of the new guys can bring in. Hopefully they figure out the secondary. I don't know um, what their plan. I know Ronnie Hickman's gone. I know like guys like Josh Proctor haven't really said anything. I know Tanner McAllister's gone. But other than that, I mean, Cam Brown might be gone, but I don't really know if he played well enough to go. So we'll see. I think there's day, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that too. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how they try to fix this defense. I I kind of agree that you know the next time we see them, they're going to be playing a pretty elite offense probably in Notre Dame with Sam Hartman. So um, they don't really have a lot of time to figure it out. I mean, they have a off season, but they, their first game is going to be at Notre Dame against a very 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 good quarterback and a very good team. So they're going to need to figure it out pretty quick. Um, I wish I could see more of C.J. Stroud just because I think he's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched come through Ohio State, and I think he got a really bad rap from the fan base for genuinely no reason. Um, and I and I think and let's be very honest, there were people that just in general want him to fail because they wanted to see Quinn Ewers. Um, I think we can all say pretty confidently that Quinn Ewers hasn't shown anything this year that would bode, you know, him playing over CJ Stroud at Ohio State, but there were generally people that just wanted to see Quinn Ewers so they don't want CJ Stroud to, to play well, but I mean, if, if like I said if you can't just at least put that aside and, and just accept he's played two bowl games and his numbers are like 700 yards and 10 touchdowns, so um, or whatever he did last year in the Rose Bowl, I think he had five touchdowns, so I mean he, he's He's been phenomenal. He makes throws that, you know, make NFL draft scouts just drool. And the entire wide receivers, our wide receiver room is back and will be better next year with guys like Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate joining it. So um, the offense should be just as good, if not a little bit better, depending on just obviously a new quarterback, you know, as good as they yeah, should be. As good as, they level, sh- yeah. Yeah, as good as they should be. Who knows what they actually will be. But um, I think there's no reason to truly worry there. And then, it's just going to be again. It's like, it's, unfortunately, it's the same questions we had going into this year. We had no questions about yeah. the offense. We had nothing, you know, no worries. They're going to be fine. They even lost their starting running back and best receiver all year, basically. And that didn't really slow them down at all. It was just, again, we were like, can the defense be fixed? I guess we thought it was. Past two games, we learned it wasn't. So uh, that's going to take some introspective looking for the coaches and for the defense to just figure out like, all right, what do you what do you want to do? Do you want to do you want to waste another season of a great offense because you're going to give up 40 points every single time you face a competent offense, or do you want to maybe step up and actually play well for once? So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you nailed a lot of the points I wanted to make. So I, I think I'm going to take the. More message to the fans route. Uh, you know, this loss sucks. It's going to be one that lives with Ohio State fans for a long time. Um, uh, this year, like you said, it was really weird, right? So I think going into the offseason, there are going to be questions. There's going to be a lot of people spewing a lot of nonsense. And I really think, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a long way to next season. And uh, as I try to like put these words together, like the stats, the offense was great. The defense was better. And I feel like going into next year, there's a lot more trust because I, I think something we forget about with Ohio State's defense coming into this year was this defense was ranked in the 60s and the 70s of most stats that mattered. And now you've got one in the top 10 statistically in its first year in a system and with a lot of young guys playing positions. And I think there's just so many things that you should come away from this game excited about 
despite like how bad this loss kind of sucks, um, it, it really sucks when Ohio State doesn't end the season with a win, uh, and that's that's really hard. And I think for me, it, it comes down to that confidence, that looseness they played with. They were just so mentally checked in. This felt like the Ohio State team that like it really had that Ohio against the world mantra, you know. And it didn't. It wasn't enough in the end, but one one play here, one play there. I know it sounds like an excuse. This game goes Ohio State's way, and that's something to build on. Ohio State was a lot of people wrote them off. This program isn't one of the top ones in the country. I think very definitively playing Georgia to a one point football game proves that you belong on the field with the best of them. And I think that to me is my final takeaway on the season. Ohio State is a team that can play and should be playing with the best of them. That's the expectation. Anything short of that is failure. But it's hard to win national championships in college football. Ohio State, in a lot of ways, was lucky to be there, and they proved with everything that they still deserve to be on that level when things come and go coming in and out of the offseason. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, you know, they don't bring these guys in to beat Rutgers or to beat Minnesota or to beat Maryland. They bring them in. You can't be so public about your three goals being beat Michigan, win a big Ten championship, win a national championship. If you're never going to do them. And at this point they have, they're over two in the last two years and doing that. And look, we could talk about how good Ohio state's going to be next year. Michigan's going to be really, really good too. They're bringing back a lot of talent. JJ McCarthy had some up and he had an up and down season, but for a young player, he looked very talented. He looked, there was a lot of potential there. Donovan Edwards is a beast. Like, they are bringing back a lot of talent as well. So, you know, you have to go to their house next year. And, if again, if this defense isn't fixed, you're just going to give them 40 points again. So, you got to – at some point, you have to kind of put your money where your mouth is and maybe literally. Um, so, we'll see. Hopefully, they uh, hopefully they bring in some transfers and kind of sure up some things and, and maybe some of the freshmen have a bigger impact than, than this year. So, uh, overall, I mean, look, I think at this point, you know, them losing to Georgia wasn't like the – craziest worst thing in the world they gave it their best game they damn near you could probably argue outplayed georgia they just lost the game um they didn't get blown i, I said the only result that really upset me is if they just got completely and utterly blown off the fe- face of the earth you know just were never in the game and that was obviously not the case um from the first snap they looked very very good and like like we've said all all podcasts they've just they georgia made one more play that they didn't make um just i i hope people are cognizant of kind of the way they treat some of the the college kids out there you know like noah ruggles i know people are gonna be mad i promise you he cares more than you do um you know you were just sitting on your couch watching he was playing you know i don't think he did it on purpose uh, i'm sure he wants to kick back so i i hope that you know sometimes we can kind of have a, have a little more perspective on on kind of how this game is i know we're very passionate as fans you know we want to watch our team play well we want to watch a championship but at the end of the day um, you know, I'm just going to lay my head down on my pillow and go to bed and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be same for me for these guys. A lot of these guys, it's going to be the, they're going to think about this for 10 to 20 years for these players. So I just, I hope we have a little more perspective as fans, because I think the way fans, Ohio state fans have acted the past month has been a little, sh- uh, shaky is probably a good, good word and a nice word. Um, to, to way, you know, you talk about some 20 and 20 year old kids. So, you know, it's different. Sets a bet as 30, so you can criticize him if you want. But other than that, um, I, I don't know. I think sometimes we just need to have a little more perspective as fans on what this game truly is and, and means 
to us. So that's all. That's my final rant of the day. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. It's going to be tough. It's tough on everyone. And I, like you said, guarantee it's tougher for the players who actually lost the football game. So I think with that, I, I kind of want to end this on a positive note. Happy new year, everybody. Uh, I'll take it away. Justin, where can you fi- find you on Twitter or any social media where you post your content? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Justin underscore Golba or maybe see if it's just Justin Golba. I actually forget what my Twitter hand. I'm, I'm rolling through a sickness right now, so I'm kind of like even a little bit dizzy sometimes when I talk too much. So I think it's Justin underscore Golba, but if it's not, sorry. You can also find us at Bucketheads LGHL. I host the college ba- or the Ohio State and College Basketball Podcast with Connor LeMond's once a week. Um, now the football season's over. Um, Ohio State fans can now care about basketball. I'm joking. Kind of. And um, kinda, yeah, kind of. Ohio State it does play Northwestern uh, today, I guess, tonight at 730. Big game. So check us out there um, at Bucketheads and we'll have the coverage for you all year. Uh, appreciate you having me on here, Chris. I'm glad I could step in for Jordan as I think he's on vacation or something. So, um, yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, appreciate you jumping on, uh, Justin. It was uh, pretty uh, – it would have been a lot more fun if it was 42-41 Ohio State. Probably would have popped a champagne bottle live on air. Uh, but um, that's not how life works. And get your resolutions in. You guys can find me at Chris Runny CFB and what your resolution should be, reading all our content and making sure you're an avid Land Grant Holy Land subscriber. Uh, and then you could find my other podcast at Buck Off Pond. It's every Friday. So make sure you're checking that out as well. And we will see you guys at some point next year with an instant recap. We'll probably do some dirt basketball. We'll see. But until then, I'll see you guys next time.